Hello, and welcome to episode four of the J-Row Podcast. Special shout out to all my friends on fire who are listening to this podcast right now. So today, and for this month, we're going to talk about how to scale up your success. So again, last month, we talked about how to get 10 times the results. But now, in order to achieve those results, there are going to be some things, some obstacles that you're going to face along the way. And so we want to make sure that you set the right things in place so that you can achieve massive success without a whole ton of frustration and terrible things happening. So again, we're going to get deeper into how to scale your success. And today, specifically, we're going to talk about your needs versus your wants. So again, your needs versus your wants. So without further ado, let's get rocking and rolling. Live on All right, so today we're going to talk more about how to scale your success in music and in life. Specifically, we're going to focus on the difference between your needs and your wants. So again, the difference between your needs and your wants. Now, this is extremely important, especially because most people think they know the difference between their needs and their wants, but they really don't. So here's kind of a quick litmus test if you know the difference between your needs and your wants. If you are very clear on the difference between your needs and wants, and if you take full ownership for your needs and wants, then you're most likely getting the results you want consistently in life and in music. You know, if you're a musician and you're progressing at a speed that you feel really confident about, if you're making a ton of progress and feeling amazing, then you probably might have somewhat of an understanding of your needs and wants. However, if you find yourself making a lot of the same mistakes again and again, if you find yourself getting stuck and getting frustrated, then you might struggle a little bit with identifying the difference between your needs and wants. And to be honest with you, this is not something that you just master overnight. In fact, this is something that takes a whole entire lifetime to master. Because once you think you understand your needs and your wants, your life might change and your needs and wants may also change. So again, this is something that no matter how much you think you know about the difference between your needs and wants, it's something you need to continue to dive deeper and deeper into to understand. Because if you can understand and act upon the truth behind your needs and your wants, you will consistently get the results that you want in your life, and you will feel unbelievably amazing about yourself and the world around you. So let's dive a little bit deeper. So in order to understand the difference between your needs and wants, there are three things I'm going to share with you. Three concepts. So number one is your deepest desire. Number two, your essential needs. And number three, your would-like wants. So I'm going to repeat that. Number one is your deepest desire. Number two is your essential needs. And number three is your would-like wants. So let's start with number one, is your deepest desire. So contrary to popular belief, your needs are actually not what is most important to you. Your needs are actually not what is most motivating. If they were, 
Everyone will go to the gym. Everyone will be exercising. Everyone will be in good shape. Everyone would feel good about their life, right? How many people do you know who say, I need to go to the gym or I need to practice more. I need to do this. I should do that. I should do this. If we simply just knew our needs and that was enough, <laughs> life wouldn't be as difficult as it is. The truth of the matter is people make decisions based on something deeper than their needs. In fact, believe it or not, people actually make decisions based on what they want more than on what they need. I'm going to repeat that. People make decisions based on what they want more than what they need. But the caveat of that, to kind of explain that a little bit deeper, there are two types of wants and one type of need. Okay? Again, two types of wants, one type of need. That's, that's the important key. So let's dive deeper into the first type of want, which is your deepest desire. We all have a desire to either pursue pleasure or to avoid pain. Every human that has ever been, is living now, and ever will be, has these two core desires, to pursue pleasure and to avoid pain. Now, there are people who have more of a tendency or more of a liking for one or the other. There are some people who are more into pursuing pleasure, and there are others who are more into avoiding pain. And I'll give you a quick example. So for myself, I am much more <laughs> into pursuing pleasure. I love looking for opportunities. I'm excited to see what can happen. I'm excited to see the possibilities. I am most motivated by growth, by opportunities, by anything I can do that's going to help me to grow in a specific area that I want to grow in. That's what's most motivating to me. So when someone talks to me about all the possible bad things that can happen, if I want to pursue this opportunity, I either don't want to listen to them or I just tune them out. So talking to me about avoiding pain is helpful. Like obviously, I don't like pain. I definitely don't like pain. I don't like rejection. I do like to please people. But again, to me, what's most important is the pleasure. That is definitely what's most motivating to me. So whenever I take action on things, the primary thing that gets me most motivated, most excited is opportunity, pursuing that pleasure. Now, my wife, on the other hand, she is definitely more about avoiding pain, so prevention. Now, my wife is unbelievably intelligent, <laughs> extremely intelligent, very knowledgeable. And for her, she's very motivated to prevent bad things from happening. So she's very much about being healthy, making sure that you eat well and you act in such a way that you don't have to go to the hospital and pay tons and tons of money for the bad things that can happen if you don't take care of yourself. As it relates to our house, she's very into maintenance, making sure you take time to clean the house, make time to maintain all the different appliances so that you don't have to spend a ton of money to replace those things earlier than you need to. So she's most motivated by 
things that will prevent a really bad thing from happening. And that's really important. You need people just like that because if we didn't have people in the world who cared about prevention, a lot of really bad things would happen. And a, a case in point is NASA, you know, who launches the space shuttles, when they were preparing to launch the Challenger, there were some actual problems with making the space shuttles related to something called the O-rings. And there was evidence, even before they launched the Challenger, that this ship might blow up. Something bad might happen if they don't fix a certain problem. And so people like my wife, who knew that this was an issue, they were voicing their concerns. And unfortunately, some of the people on leadership were not listening and they, they were feeling so much pressure that we have to get this out, that we have to launch this ship, that they weren't willing to do the necessary precautions. And what happened? As soon as the Challenger launched, it exploded. And a number of people, a number of astronauts died. So it's extremely important to avoid pain. It's extremely important to prevent these things from happening. But also know that different people are motivated in different ways. So again, I'm more motivated by opportunity, by excitement, by growth. My wife is more motivated by preventing bad things from happening. She, and again, she loves opportunities too. You know, and my, my wife is very ambitious and she's, again, very intelligent and she's definitely a go-getter. Though her primary motivation is being practical, being responsible, so that bad things that are preventable don't happen. So it's very important to get clear about what your deepest desire is. Because if you don't know what your deepest desire is, you might be throwing all these could've, would've, should've at yourself or even at other people and nothing's gonna happen. So for example, maybe you're not getting the results that you want in your piano playing. And you say, oh, well, I need to practice. Well, I really should practice. But if you don't know what really motivates you, that, that you can go on for years and years like that. And you might just give up because you're like, well, I need to practice, but I'm not doing it. So maybe I should just give up on, on practicing. No, actually, you need to get a little more clear on, well, what's more motivating to you? Are you motivated to become a great pianist? Are you motivated to have other people watch you perform? Like for me, that's really exciting. I, I'm really motivated by people giving me applause or people seeing me perform. And that, that just makes me so excited or seeing people smile. So that's what mo motivates me to practice. Now, other people might be motivated because they don't want to look bad. <laughs> so maybe having a, you know, with having a teacher, some students will practice because they don't want to look bad in front of their teacher. Or if they perform, they don't want to look bad in front of their peers. So that might be what motivates them to practice. So you want to be really clear. And kind of related to what we talked in last week, again, make sure that if you do want to practice, you do set small, easy, reachable goals. That, that is pretty important because if you set too big of goals for yourself and you don't have any way to reach it, it's gonna be hard to motivate yourself. So for, for example, if I know I wanna practice piano and I wanna be this great big rock star and I'm motivated by the applause that I get and I'm playing this song that I don't think I'll ever play for anyone, it's just I'm just playing it for myself, 
well, I'm not going to necessarily be motivated to practice this song, right? Because if I'm not going to perform it for someone, you know, no matter telling myself that I need to practice it is going to help me. But you know what? If I decide, you know what, I want to play this song for my parents, that's going to motivate me. That's going to make me feel really good. You know, and, and, and maybe if I just say, you know, I'm just going to play this little section of the song, that's going to get me excited and motivated. So again, you need to know what motivates you. You need to know if you're more motivated to pursue pleasure or more motivated to avoid pain. All right, number two, your essential needs. So again, I, I, die, I dove a lot deeper into number one because truthfully, this is the most important thing. The most important is your deepest desire and that informs the other two. So number two, your essential needs. Your essential needs are the bare bones. What do you actually need to make sure that you get what your deepest desire is? So again, your essential needs are the basic bare bones of what you have to have, what you have to do in order to fulfill your deepest desire. So people often get this backwards. See, people say, oh, well, you need food and you need drink, you need shelter, and that's all you need. Well, wait, wait a minute. That's all you need for what? Right? Most people don't think about that. They don't think about need for what? Food, shelter, that's what you need to survive, right? So if, if your deepest desire is to survive, yes, that's all you need. So if you're in the desert and it's, it's a choice between life and death, then yes, you need to find a way to get water. You need to find a way to get shelter from the sun. But if you're not in the desert and you actually want to live a great life, if you want to accomplish something amazing with your music, water and shelter are not enough. They're not even close to enough, right? Because if your deepest desire, if what you really want is you want to be a professional pianist, what do you need? Well, you absolutely need a piano teacher. Or even if you just want to become a great hobbyist pianist and you know that you know, you've tried using YouTube videos, you've tried reading books and they weren't helpful for you, again, you need a piano teacher. Why? Because a piano teacher is going to help you get there much faster than you could on your own. And that piano teacher is going to help you learn what you don't know <laughs> and help you learn different ways of looking at the music, learn different ways of placing your fingers. Having a teacher is going to be very, very helpful for you to get to the next level. What else do you need? You need access to a piano. <laughs> now, you can practice piano without an actual piano. You can practice on a cardboard piano. You can practice on a, an iPhone that has, happens to have a piano app. But if you really, really, really want to get amazingly good on the piano, you also do need to have access to an actual piano. I mean, you can use a keyboard, and a keyboard's fine, um, but at some point, you also do need access to an actual real piano. Okay? So again, this is an essential need. So first you identified what do you most deeply want. I want to become this great pianist. Or I just want to become a good pianist. Okay, then your essential needs are da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Does that make sense? Great. <laughs> so again, in order to get clear upon your essential needs, you need to get clear on your deepest desire. Now, 
there's your long-term deepest desire, which is, okay, I want to be this great pianist, but there's also your short-term deepest desire. So, for example, in the moment, if you're practicing your piano and you're getting really frustrated, okay, you might want to quit or you might want to just stop playing. Okay, in that moment, you can say, well, wait a minute, I want to be a great pianist, I want to be a great pianist. Okay, sure, but in that moment, you might have a desire that is actually greater than that, right? And that greater desire might be, I want to feel good right now. Okay, and if you don't understand that, if you don't understand, I need to feel good right now, you're not going to be able to know what do you need to do in order to feel good right now. And so what's going to happen is your emotional brain, your primitive brain is going to take over and you're going to do something destructive, which is most likely you're going to stop playing and you're just going to go do something else, maybe eat a bunch of cake or do anything you can to just make yourself feel good. And now it may be productive or it may be unproductive. But if you're not aware, if you can't anticipate the fact that you need to feel good, and if you're not clear about what can you do to feel good, then you're going to be frustrated, you're going to struggle, and you're not going to do the practicing that you think you need to do. So let's, let's, let's keep with this example. So again, you want to become a great pianist. Great, that's your big goal. But right now, you're playing piano and you're getting frustrated, and you know that you just need to feel good. So what do you do? So this is the time where you need to have a really small itty bitty goal, something that you can accomplish in just a few minutes. So that might be, I'm just going to play this measure of the song. Or you know what it might be? It might be reviewing, go back to a song that you know that you feel really, really confident on or practice something that's really simple for you that reminds you like, wait, I actually am a pretty great pianist. I actually know a lot. That might, need, that might be your need. You might need to play something very simple, very easy, so that you feel good about yourself and you feel accomplished and that gives you more fuel then to keep practicing, okay? So essential needs are again, what, what do you need, what do you have to do in order to accomplish, in order to get your deepest desire? And, and one, one more quick example on this. So this is kind of related to just food. So if you see a big piece of cake, okay, and, and you're thinking about whether you should eat it and you really want the cake, if you're trying to like look away from it, oh, I don't want the cake, I don't want the cake, most likely you're going to fall and you're going to eat the cake, right? The only way that you can not eat the cake is if you look at the cake and you decide, you know what, I don't want that cake and I feel good about the fact that I don't want that cake. Or, you know, that cake would be nice, and sure, maybe I'd like it a little bit, but you know what I want even more? I want to feel healthy. I want to feel good about myself, and I want to feel proud of myself. And you know what? I'm proud right now that I did not eat that cake. Make sense? So again, you see this cake. Your deepest desire in that moment is to feel good. And so what you need to do is something that makes you feel good. And if you don't, do something now that makes you feel good, your primitive brain will take over and you're going to eat that cake whether <laughs> your logical mind wants to or not. Okay? So you need to get clear on what your deepest desire is and then from that assess what are your essential needs and take responsibility, take ownership of what you can do to get that deepest desire in a productive way. And number three is your would-like wants. Okay, so a would-like want 
is the second form of a want. So again, your first form is your deepest desire. Second form is would-like wants. A would-like want is something you don't have to have, but it would be nice. So for example, if you're practicing a piece of music, maybe you have a performance coming up next week. So your deepest desire is to perform really well at this concert. Okay, so your essential need is you need to practice this song that you're going to perform. Okay, you, you need to do that so that you, you do really well. Now, it would be great to, to practice this other song too. You don't have, you know, there's no urgency. You're not performing this song, but it would be great if you could also practice this other song too. So that would be an example of a would-like want. It would be great if you can make some time to practice this other song too. But... If you don't, it's not the end of the world. It's not that big of a deal, okay? So your would-like wants are important, but they're not essential. Does that make sense? Is that clear? So your would-like wants are important. It'd be great to have them, but they're not essential. So again, these would-like wants go with your deepest desire. They're things that would help fulfill your deepest desire but they're not essential. Another example or way of seeing this is I think about when you're thinking about who you want to marry, um, or maybe if you're already married, who you chose to marry. So for me, when I was thinking about who I wanted to marry, this, this was even before I started d- dating my wonderful wife, I actually made a list. I, I got really clear. I was like, well, what are the critical, non-negotiables, things that my wife has to have, right? So there are certain things that were extremely important to me. So for one, I, I want to marry someone who was of the faith, who was Catholic, and that her faith was important to her. I also want to marry someone who really cares about her family. So those two things were non-negotiables. Now, there are great, wonderful women who aren't Catholic or who don't care about their family, um, who, are, who are wonderful people, right? So there's, there's nothing against those types of people. But for me, in my life, I knew that I wanted a woman who had these things. And there were some other non-negotiables too. And so if ever I encountered a woman who was great and wonderful but didn't have these non-negotiables, I just wouldn't proceed you know, to, with any intention of marrying this person. I could be friends with them, but I had no intention of marrying them, right? So I had my non-negotiables and I also had the things that would like to have like some nice things like yeah it would be great if she was a a musician it would be great if she was into this or that it'd be great if she spoke this language so there are some things that I wanted that would that if if my wife had these things great if she didn't have these things that's okay too right so it's really important because ultimately the things that are non-negotiable Those are the things that you're most likely going to get. You will not compromise. And the would likes, you might get some of those those qualities as you're pursuing the the person who you want to marry. Um, And and that that definitely was true for me. So with my wife, with Leah, she has and she fits all the things that were non-negotiable, all the things that were most important to me. Now, there are some things that maybe it would be great if she was X, Y, or Z, that she's not. And that's great. That's fine. It's, it's okay. And truthfully, it's the same for her. Like, I met some of her non-negotiables. There were some things that were absolutely essential that she was looking for in a man. 
And there were some would likes. There were some, like she would have liked if I spoke Polish. She, that would have been nice. That was important. But ultimately, I don't speak Polish. Now, I've learned to speak a little bit of Polish, but it's not my, it's not my first language, right? So again, as it relates to scaling up your success and getting massive success and getting the results and the life that you most want, as that relates to your music and as it relates to what is most important to you in life, it's important to understand the difference between your needs and your wants. And it all starts with your deepest desire. So again, it's number one, your deepest desire. And from that, you can then determine what are your essential needs. And in addition, you can also assess what are your would-like wants. So again, your deepest desire, that is what's number one, most important. You need to get clear on that. And get clear, are you more of someone who pursues pleasure or more of someone who avoids pain? What's more important to you? Number two is you need to get clear on your essential needs. Given whatever your deepest desire is, and again, that can change in the moment and in the given situation, what are your essential needs? What do you have to do? What must you have in order to get your deepest desire? And number three, what would you like? What would be nice? What are your would-like wants that would help you to get your deepest desire? All right, that's all I have for today. So again, in these next few weeks, we're going to dive even deeper into some other ways that you can build upon your success in music and in life. Until next time, Josh Ross with the J.O. School of Music. And if you like what you hear, feel free to subscribe. And if you're interested in music lessons, you can go to jropro.com. That's jropro.com. And you can schedule a free assessment lesson with us at our studio. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic rest of your day. And live on fire.